Hey everyone, welcome back to Not Another Wellness Podcast. This is Natalie Dellinger, and today we are sharing Daddy Doula Part 2 with Adam Heist, who's my husband. We sat down and recorded two parts to this labor preparation, and so this is Part 2 where we're actually in labor and what and sharing the things that Adam did to support me through the process, which was quite long in our instance. Um, and we hope that this helps you kind of understand what the partner role is and just gives you some ideas of some of the ways partners can support the birthing person in labor. So hope you enjoy and here you Welcome back. Thanks. It's been so long. It's been so long. We've actually are just recording. We just recorded the pregnancy and labor preparation partner support episode. And we want to talk about labor specifically now. We have a sleeping baby. So let's see how far we can get into this. But the labor itself, um, which we already talked about a bunch, but we want to talk about like ways to prepare for this to happen and then what you actually did as my partner and I have like a whole list of things um so let's do it yeah let's dive in sound good okay so we talked about prep so now what happened to us is I developed a complication of hypertension uh called preeclampsia and this happened to us at 39 week appointment we thought we were going to be way late we thought we were going to actually give birth at like 41 weeks was what I was thinking. We almost didn't go for a 39-week oh appointment. That's right. Everything was so low risk and fine, but I was really swollen. So I think maybe we went in at 37, no, 38 weeks. And at the end of the appointment, everything was totally fine. They're like, great, you know, you'll probably be late, your first time mom, whatever. And she said, do you want to come back in two weeks? Do you want to come back at 40 weeks or at 39 weeks? And I was like... I don't know. And Adam, you said, I was like, yeah, let's come back in a week. Like, yeah. I just, I liked, and in part because the birth center staff were so great. Yeah. We're at like, the birth center Boulder. Yeah. Like let's come back. Like, let's just check in. Yeah. Like, what's the harm? Adam actually got to come to those appointments because of COVID. He wasn't able to go into the hospital, but the birth center is standalone birth center. Um, and we kept meeting different midwives every week. And so it's good to meet everyone because you actually don't know who's going to be on call when you go into labor. And so we go and Adam pushed for this. And I'm really grateful he did because things could have gotten a lot scarier. We go into the 39-week appointment. She starts talking about, okay, here's how you know when it's time to come in. It was like, I forget. It was like your contractions will be lasting one minute long and there'll be something, about the spacing. something like six minutes apart, five minutes apart. I should probably figure out what that was. But anyway, so we were going over all the things like this is when you call, when you call, we want to talk to mom to hear in her voice, how bad it is basically how, um, strong the contractions are. But basically like when it gets to the point where she's not able to come to the phone, that's when you come into the birth center. That's when you're likely to be like six centimeters dilated is when, if you can like talk through your contractions, what's going on, you should stay home. Yeah. So the whole thing was like labor at home as long as you can, um, be in your own comfortable space, sleep as much as you can allow the body to rest because it needs a lot, a lot of energy 
to go through this. So be as rested and relaxed as you can before you transition into the person or the hostel. So that was the advice at both places, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want you there too early because you're just going to spend time being in a less comfortable environment going through this. They really want you there for the big finale. Yeah. So she didn't take my blood pressure right away. It was like at the end. So we go through all that. 39 weeks. I have a acupuncture appointment set up, which I guess I didn't even touch on in the last episode. I was uh, swimming. Yeah. I was doing spinning babies techniques to make mm-hmm. sure the baby was head down. You can look those up. They're just like yoga positions you hold. I was swimming once a week to also help with the baby's positioning and just relieve some pressure on me. I was going to acupuncture once or twice a week after my birth center appointments. They had a uh, prenatal acupuncturist who was supposed to help with relaxation and then like creating space in the pelvis, like all kinds of ways to help mom with like pain and then also helping labor progress. Mm -hmm. Crazy, but like she was magical. And then I was also going to chiropractor to also create space in the body. So I was doing all these things for baby positioning because that was something that was preached to me everywhere I went. Like they said baby was heads down, which was the way most babies are born and like the least likely I think I actually don't know if the birth center um, birth reached babies. No, right? I don't it, think so. Yeah. And that was part of why they were encouraging yeah. the swimming and chiropractic appointments and acupuncture appointments. And yoga. Right. Because all yoga. of that made it more likely that we'd get to have our birth there. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like there were so many things that could disqualify me from having birth right. there, um, our birth there. Like, so I was trying to like control as much of the uncontrollable as I can, but the spinning babies technique and the, um, the Meyer circuit oh, yeah. is what they suggested to me. And it was basically like a downward dog with your butt in the air <laughs> and like leaning off the couch. Uh, you remember I like, couldn't yeah. even get out of that position. <laughs> you had to like help me up. Yeah. I, we didn't even touch on any of that in the last episode. I kind of, but it kind of is more about the labor because yeah. it kind of tells how all that, well, whatever. Um, Let's talk about, so, okay, we have that appointment. She measures, she takes my blood pressure. Do you remember this? Yeah, it's high. It's high. She was saying, well, let's, let's wait a few minutes, like, just relax. I'll which is back. not a fun thing no. to, to tell to, or like, for But we were to, concerned when she said yeah. it the first time. We were like, oh, all right, yeah, we just got like, a bad okay. reading. Sure. She was like, yeah, just, but when someone, when a, you know, medical professional is like, why don't you just relax? We'll try this again. It's like, okay, that's probably not a... So no. heading in a great direction. No, and she brought me some water. Yeah. So Came back in. Took your blood pressure again, and it was still high. Yeah. She said, okay, I'm a little concerned that uh-huh. your blood pressure was high in two different readings. Yes. Why don't you go home, relax as best you can all day, come back at six. If your blood pressure is still high, yeah. I'm going to recommend that you go to the hospital. She also took a urine sample and blood. They were testing my urine for protein that would have confirmed preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. So you can have you can have hypertension, you can have preeclampsia, and you can have like severe preeclampsia. And I was somewhere, and I was minorly preeclamptic, um, which is this protein. It kind of means that like your organ. There's a risk that you can see going to have seizures. The mom have organ failure like the risks are serious so we didn't know when we left if i had it 100 because they had to test the urine right? right and my blood yeah and even 
I think those two without another high blood pressure reading that evening wouldn't have qualified us to go Mm -hmm. to the hospital immediately. But that was the first time I'd ever heard about preeclampsia. Again, not something that came up in my readings. Or if it did, I was like, I'm not going to get that. Like I just thought skipped over those pages. because I was like, no, we're going to be great. We're going to be low risk and birthing in the water. So none of that happened. So I remember looking at Adam. Well, I didn't know. She was like, do you want me to go over the potential risks with you? And I was like, no, I just want you to tell me what I need. Like, I was like, I don't want to, again, like, I don't want to focus on the fear part. She said, if you come back, I cut you off just to say, like, they also tested us more. If you come back at like six, we'll test you again. And if it's positive, they're like, pack your hospital bag in case. Because when you come back, if you have a high blood pressure reading and your urine comes back with protein. We're going to admit you. Like, we can't have your birth yeah. here. Like, you need to go have a birth in the hospital, and it's going to be induced. Because right. Because there's a risk that we go from this minorly mm-hmm. preeclamptic state into something far more severe. And yeah. we need to keep an eye on that because of those serious risks. Yeah, like, risks. it can really be a, a threat to the mom and, and baby. So, that was... That was big shift. Yeah. We... I went to acupuncture you went home i think i went and know, got you went to get a blood pressure blood cuff. pressure cuff yes. so that we could keep an eye on it during the day and you were gonna come pick me up again and i or i was gonna drive myself i forgot you were gonna bike home yeah you were gonna bike home and so you left the car and you went to and i called you i didn't cry until i called you and i was like i can't drive myself home like yeah. i freaked the f out I did. And the acupuncturist was like, don't worry. Baby's in a great position. Like, we're just going to get you nice and relaxed. We're going to bring your blood pressure. Like she was, she did all the right thing and really like helping keep me calm by saying that it was going to be fine. Yeah. We came back. Let's say I ordered the eggplant parm. Uh I was supposed to help you induce labor. I was like, maybe if I have this eggplant parm, (laughs) my body will just spontaneously go into labor. And... I won't have to get induced because the induction part really got me. Yeah. I really didn't want that for no. her. So we had the chicken parm. We packed our bag packed frantically our because, again, we weren't, we weren't we had, ready. We had the, hide, we had the, um, we had the car, seat car seat installed. Like the week before. But we weren't. A hospital bag also. The difference between a hospital bag for a hospital stay where you'd normally stay overnight one or two nights. Versus the hospital bag that you would pack for a birth center birth where you don't stay over at all look very different. Yeah. So we had to like change. Like the bags we had packed were going to have comfy clothes for me to wear before and after baby was born and outfit for the baby and like maybe a change of clothes for you. Because the most you're going to be there was like 12 hours or yeah, something. Maybe. I think the most you stay at a birth center birth at our birth center like areas is like six to maybe after birth happens. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you count all of it. So we had to like throw in, okay, what do we need for a hospital birth? Like, <laughs> you know, like we forgot your phone charger and stuff yeah. like that. Cause like a pillow, and yeah. a blanket. So just a little thing about the hospital bag, get snacks. Yeah. No matter where you're planning and having birth, have easy to digest, high, sweet, like they're saying like honey packets in the birth center, mm-hmm. honey packets, peanut butter packets. Little bars, like boosts of energy. Like 
Yeah. Like, like planning for a marathon. Pretty much. Pajamas, underwear. I feel like you forgot underwear. Slippers. I had like grippy socks. I'm trying to think. Oh, pillows and blankets for both. The stuff they give you at a hospital, even if you're birthing in a birth center, they have beds that you can kind of like rest on. It's not going to be as comfy as home. That was a huge thing in our course was like, bring home where you're going. Like bring yeah. a sound machine. Remember the first night? Oh my gosh. Yeah, um, we had essential oils. We had, I didn't bring my diffuser, but I've heard people bring in their diffuser. Mm-hmm. They'll bring in Christmas lights and like string them around. Yeah. Like you really want to like pack a bag and many bags and you want to bring things to the baby outfits, an outfit to wear home. Um, a, maybe a swaddle. No, I don't know. You kind of get that. Yeah. But at the birth center, I don't know what they gave you. So mm-hmm. there's tons of resources. You can look up what to bring in your hospital bag, but this is an area that we kind of failed on because we weren't planning for a long stay anywhere. Yeah. Um, we <laughs> dropped off the dog. Oh, we before had before going to the birth center. Appointment. Yes. We, before that. Yeah. You got me a gift. Yeah. It was intended to be a, was it a like push gift? Is that what they call it? I don't know. You knew, you researched this. I didn't even was, know about it. I forget what it was called though. There's something clever about like you just delivered and like, here's a, here's a gift to celebrate. And I'd gotten you a, a necklace with Bridger's name on it, on a little gold plate. And I had it hidden in the car and it seemed like, I think in my head at that point, even despite all my optimism, I was like, we're probably going to the hospital tonight. Yeah, we weren't 100% sure yet. No, but we were getting in the car to go to the birth center to have the appointment. And I was trying to do anything I could to like help you just calm yeah. yourself and like give us a, a shot of you being as relaxed as possible yeah. going in to get your blood pressure read. And so it gave you the... the Necklace. necklace and I was like shocked and also I felt sad because I knew it wasn't the normal circumstances you're planning to give it to me and I was like oh my gosh this is like so it was just the start of everything feeling totally sideways from what we had thought yeah we go to the birth center they send a new midwife in she's like I'll send someone else and I'll get a different cuff and my blood pressure was high twice mm-hmm. and I just started bawling and they're like you have to go to the hospital tonight we already called them they know you're coming and i was just like this was not supposed to be me yeah this was not our birth story this can't be happening i was so upset and i think it started i started off from a place of being upset and scared yeah because all of a sudden i went from being low risk to high risk when you're carrying a baby you don't want to be high risk. You don't want to, you want to think that like things could go wrong. There could be complications for you. You don't. No. And it was, it was scary for me too. Um, I think as is kind of my natural reaction when we're doing something together and there's something scary, like my instinct is to become the protector. The rock. Yeah. And so everything like I didn't even really feel the fear. I was just like, it's okay. okay. Yeah. We're going to the hospital because this is what is safest for us now. Like this wasn't our plan, but our plan isn't safe anymore. And Mm -hmm. we need to go through this and 
we will be fine. Like, let's take each step together. Let's breathe. Let's cry. go get sandwiches before we go to the hospital. <laughs> we did. Get many sandwiches. Yeah, bring get food. Get like 50 sandwiches. No. We should have gotten more food. Well, we didn't really We didn't know. know. We so didn't we're know telling we would you, be there for six days. Listener. But yeah. stock up as best you can. And also, I mean, my family was traveling out mm-hmm. to spend Thanksgiving with us. They were on en route. Yeah. We called them. I couldn't even talk. I was so... But and you were like, we're going into that, and they were like so excited, and I was like, why are they excited? Like I didn't understand. I was like, they don't understand what this means. It's scary, and they're like, yay! That means the baby's going to be here when we're visiting. And yes, and but I guess bring that up now because if there's a way that people can like be bringing you food, be bringing you other things from home that you forgot that help you know make that space more yours, like take advantage of that. People are so. Eager, eager to be a part to of help. making this, you know, a good process yes. for you. So, so we get into the hospital. We take out our blanket, and I change into my birth gown that I got. Well, is really a um, pajamas from Amazon with a full button down, like a nursing friendly pajama thing. Mm-hmm. I had heard that the hospital gowns were like terrible, and I was like, I'm gonna be. This is gonna be quick, so I'm gonna put on my birth gown. <laughs> I'm gonna manifest the shit out of this baby coming out. Everything's gonna be fine. I was like, okay. We set up the essential oils. We had the birth affirmation cards. We had um, all the hypnobirthing tracks and scripts mm-hmm. like ready. We like basically like spread out. And I think that's what most people do. But totally. Yeah. Turn the music down. It immediately became this space that was as much as close to our vision yeah. as we could set up in the hospital setting. And I'm not going to go through all the induction steps because I talked about that in the birth story. But... Um, we started the first night kind of right away. Um, did you get any sleep that first night? I think you can, if you can prioritize partner sleep, do the partner, the, the woman's obviously going through all the physical stuff. Um, and there's some like adrenaline associated yeah, with when you first that. get there. Well, and, and or, for you, like kind of throughout, I think there was. All of the the different steps, all of the contractions, like there was yeah. there was so much going on, not only emotionally but physically for you that like I think I can imagine how you were feeling a little bit more amped up. Like it was Yeah. I was like I was like, let's fucking do like let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know what's gonna happen, but basically I'm gonna hypno birth the shit out of this induction <laughs> is what I thought. Yeah. So I think the partners position is to set help set the scene like maybe mm-hmm. don't put that on the mom you know like make sure the lights are dim if that's what you want we close the blinds we ask the nurses i think that your your role was also like asking for water making mm-hmm. sure like i didn't have to digress digress i didn't have to divert from what mm-hmm. i was doing yeah focusing on you could just have your your headphones i did have noise canceling headphones in with that's a huge the one hypnobirthing Affirmations going, had dry mask on, yeah. and I was trying to handle all the yeah. interacting. You got the birth ball, the mat from the nurses, mm-hmm. like the different props we were going to use for the positions. You yep. knew the positions. We had the hypnobirthing book, yep. so we had that. Um, you were ordering all the food for me mm-hmm. from the kitchen. Order all the food yeah. that you can. <laughs> they only give the mama meals, which is so dumb. So... We tried to order enough that Adam could get some, and then we had some food, and then your parents brought some food. And, yeah. Um, 
let's see, massage as things got intense with, I'm going to skip, say we're on day two now because the whole first day was kind of, the nurse showed you counter pressure, Mm -hmm. which felt the best for me, which was like basically pushing, how would you describe it, in on the hip? Yeah, just below your hip bones, like the muscles connecting your lower back and like your hips. Um, Yeah. Just really as the contractions were like picking up, like pushing basically as hard as I could. Yeah. And I was like, hard push. And you're like, babe. (laughs) I am like wailing on your hips over here. (laughs) But it felt so good when things got really intense. And like contractions kind of feel like the surge, like they start and then you can feel them get intense, 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 intense. And once it's at the peak, you can feel it start to get less. So that's kind of why they describe it as wave. So in the middle of that, Adam would see me, I would kind of like barrel my head into the ground or the mm-hmm. pillow. And he would like come behind me when he could, I would be like moaning and rocking because yeah. I got really hard. But you were there doing light touch, doing massage. Oh, <laughs> there's tissues over there. Okay. Adam just got a nosebleed. Out of nowhere, he started dripping blood like he was 11 from, what's that show? Oh. Stranger uh, Things. Um, we probably don't have that much more time, so um, ordering food. Okay, we had to make decisions together. We had to be, there were a lot of things we had to talk about. Like, when I said to you I wanted to have a C-section after day three, just out of nowhere, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I hit a mental wall and relied on your optimism kind of to get me through. Well, there was, there was something that I was relying on in that moment. And again, like my, my initial reaction with all of it was like to, to trust what you were feeling. Yeah. But with that, there was a, a point in the, the better bro stories course where it was like, you know, as a partner, you need to, first and foremost, be supportive of your partner, but you need to also be supportive of your plan and recognizing that none of that was our plan. I also recognize that plan F was the C-section and that yeah. like, you know, when, when you had the mental and emotional freedom to like think through the options, the C-section was the last thing that you wanted. Yeah. And never considered it at all. And and so in that moment I was <laughs> but I'm like, Balancing. Just get this baby out of me. Cut him out of me. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And the yeah. midwife looked at me and was like, "Like, how do you feel about this? Yeah, she like, did. Shit. Um, yeah, she looked right at you. Yeah, and was like, I was Because like, I think she was like, whoa, where is this coming from? Yeah. And, and we had some time to like sit and talk about it ourselves. And, yeah. And then she said, well, you know, do you want to talk to the OB? Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's talk to her. Kind of knowing that she would... Talk us out of it. Provide a, a very like... <laughs> Actually, I didn't really know what she was going to say because she's the surgeon, right? right? And like, you know, yeah. maybe surgeons just want to get in there and start cutting away. Yeah. But like, um, I was hopeful that she would provide a perspective as like, C-section is not what we want to do. Yeah. And like, I I, I know was, that you want to be done. Be done. I want. Like, I wanted an ending. Yeah. I was like, I was mentally and physically fried. Which was, I mean, this was day. Three yeah. of you not sleeping, of you, you know, being so physically, not to mention mentally and emotionally invested in advancing the pregnancy as naturally as we could at that yeah. point. I guess the term is vaginally. Mm-hmm. The the 
reality of us being at that point was, I think, so heavy on you. And, and I felt like my role was to support not not just what you were feeling in that moment, but what I knew you wanted going into that. Yeah, but that was the first time we weren't on the same page. Yeah. And I knew you weren't on the same. I knew you didn't want that. I knew it scared you. I didn't have a logical thought of my in my brain. I was just like, I need to get this baby out. Nothing's working. So you probably listened to the birth story, but if you didn't, I wasn't progressing. I was being poked and prodded in every minute of this process. I was constantly being monitored and they could never find Bridger's heartbeat and he wasn't tolerating things well. So that's the backstory to why I hit a wall. And they would check me and for three days, like when on the third day, it was no progress, no progress. Right. And I had to hold your hand, another rule. I had to hold your hand through every one of those cervical exams to that brought me to tears every time. Yeah. It was like the worst sensation I'd ever felt before. And I needed a handhold. Those are brutal. Those are terrible for, for me. That was each one of those in succession was the worst moment. The second one was worse than the first. Yes. The third was worse than the second. For me, too, like to see you almost writhing in pain yeah. was... And not from the contractions, from the cervical checks. Yeah. That was brutal. And I that was the one chance for me to feel like I could like take a stand and be like... like I, I talked to the midwife and said, hey, we need to not the nurse, yeah. do these. Yeah. And like, she basically said... She that. was like... Yeah, at this point, with all the, you know, steps that we've taken in the induction process, we need to no. be monitoring. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's 2020. Is there not I some know. other way that we can, like, yeah, monitor we, progress? Yeah. Than, yeah. Stupid fly. Yeah, I seriously, my biggest bone to pick with this whole process is that there is not a better way to check if a woman is dilated than a stranger shoving her hand up there and shoving her finger into a, your cervix. Everything you learn in hypnobirthing is like, if the body senses any fear, like that deer in the woods yeah. that we talked about in the last episode, it closes back up in my head. This might not this might be a fabrication of, of my own like fantasy. I was progressing great until mm. I had someone enter my body and jam their fingers up into like my private parts where my baby was being held in my head that created so much fear that in my head, I'm like, and my cervix is closing. Like, I, like, knew. I don't know if that's actually the case, but that's how it felt to me. I was yeah. like, the, every time they do this, it brings me back to square zero. In my head, we were, like, crushing it. We went through days of labor with all the massage and the birth scripts and the, the hypnobirthing meditations and, and positions. We got into the bath. mat, the ball. I took a bath. I took a hot shower. Like, I felt like we were, when it was just us. That second day, it felt like we were... like. Totally in sync. We were yeah. like crushing all of the the steps that we wanted to to go through, and yeah. it was you were, you were secretly feeding me food because they told me I couldn't eat. Also, something you should really push back against and yeah. tell them to f off or just ignore. I keep saying f. I get so mad when I think about the way that we were treated sometimes by this one midwife. Yeah, she sucked. The next people were like, why didn't they let you eat? Like, of course yeah. I needed food. Oh, it makes me so mad. Anyway, you were secretly giving me food. You were doing the hip squeeze. You were doing massage, light mm -hmm. touch. I would try all these positions to get through my induction um, contractions. We were, um, you helped me go to the bathroom. 
I had to move the IV and the monitors. You had to like really like wheel me in there with all the wires that I was attached to. Um, Let's see. Move the monitors. Um, I did think like we would see more doctors, but they really came in every couple, six hours we saw doctors. We had tons of nurses, but it was really just us. Yeah. It's really just you. And like, I think there's just perception where you go into labor in a hospital and there's like tons of people in the room all the time there will be when you're like pushing which we never got to it's really just you that's why the partner is so important it's really just you there's no nurse like holding your hand through it there's no doctor t- like oh try this position like that one nurse we had was great and she mm-hmm. helped you do the hip squeeze yeah but besides that they're really like letting you do your thing like you need to know what to do and maybe that wouldn't have been the case had i not had any idea of like yeah. how to be involved. If you were just like lying on the couch watching TV, they yeah. might help more. Yeah, that's true. Um, it was mostly just us. You were changing. You were playing DJ. That's an important role of the partner. Yeah, we were listening to No One More. Yeah, very soothing, <laughs> calming music. Yeah, um, constantly checking in with me. I feel like you were like, wow, that was really like you were my cheerleader too. Like you were like those have been really intense. Like you've been not able to talk through them or you've been, and you were just like, you're doing an awesome job. Like, I think the amount of times you told me you're doing an awesome job and not because you were just saying it. Like, I really felt like you. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was excited for you and for us that it really felt like we were making progress. And, and, you know, frankly, in, in hindsight, whether or not we were making progress and that progress yeah that's something i just made up i really think i just wasn't i I believe i wasn't responding that well to the the induction in my mind whether or not we did actually make progress through that like it was it was something that we were doing together and the fact that we felt so good about the the steps that we were taking was really exciting to to just be going through the labor process together. Yeah. And you're reminding me that like, we felt really good about how we were handling all this until the third day when they kept saying, basically we got to start over again. Like on the third day, that Saturday, Mm -hmm. they basically said, we've tried everything. You haven't progressed. And it just felt like, no, you're not seeing what we're going. Like we are crushing, like, I don't know if anyone crushes labor, but like we were like staying positive. We were doing all the things we were doing, all the meditations, like listening to the music, like, like we already talked about. And then for someone medical to come in when you have an aversion to medical people, even though they were midwives, we did have a good midwife on the third day for them to be like, we're going to have to start over. Yeah. I hadn't slept because of the monitors constantly falling off and the contractions would come stronger at night for some reason. I, that's when I really needed you. Like I needed to do all of that part, but like that last day, yeah. I felt like there was no hope anymore. <laughs> and it, it felt to me like my role at that point wasn't to, it wasn't just to be your cheerleader yeah. or like your, um, just to, to echo what you were, were feeling or saying it was to, to be looking out for you in a, in a bigger picture. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't just to say, all right, like Nat's not saying she's done and 
Like, wants an elective yeah, C-section. Like, yeah. I'm on board. It was like, no. Like, not, like is this what not, you were like, I know what that. you actually want. Yeah. And, I, and you basically were like, this is the hardest thing ever. It was really, like, it's, it's funny to say it was really hard for me because everything that you were going through was, like, hard in every in dimension. In a physical way. Of the, the, in a yeah. mental way. In an emotional way. But, yeah. But you it was, were, it was hard too. for me to, to take that that step away from just saying you are doing awesome and like what you're feeling is, you know, what we're going to do. It was, you are doing awesome, but what you're feeling right now is not something that I can support because I yeah. don't think that's what you really want. Yeah. And I think some couples come up with like code words. If mm. like you said, you didn't want an epidural, um, there's a point in, in, in the process called transition where mm. a lot of women will say like, I need out, give me enough, like, and that usually means you're close to the end. Yeah. In this case, this wasn't the end, but you can come up with a code word. That's like, I know what I need right now. And I'm not going to let partner. Don't let me do mm. it until I like say the word that we've agreed upon prior. Yeah. So you don't have to waste words. Like when you're going through the pain of it or the intensity of it, you might not have a lot of time or energy to like have a discussion. So you almost like need to have the discussion prior. We didn't have that, but that's something I suggest from yeah, what I've heard. Like, here's a code word for like, no, I need the pain meds and I'm three days in and I'm exhausted and I need you to support me versus like, I had just been like, I'm done. Like take this baby out of me yeah. right now. Cut him out. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. But it was after that point that that great midwife mm-hmm. offered the epidural. The nurse. Yeah. Was um, nurse, it yeah. was nighttime. Oh, sound the alarms. Um, It was nighttime on the third night and the nurse was like, I got out of the bathtub. I was in the bath like two hours with like candles. They took all the monitors off. Remember they gave me a break. Right. How kind of them. And um, it really, my own contraction started or something. And she, she saw me, I was like hobbling over, like hunched over, hadn't rested and just hadn't eaten enough. It's just all the things. And she was like, which you can have in your birth plan, by the way, that they never offer you this. If this is your worst nightmare for me, it was like the light at the end of the tunnel. She was like, you can get an epidural and sleep. And I was like, give me an epidural. Yeah. Like I didn't even need, and I looked at you, I was like, Adam, are you okay? Like I didn't even, it wasn't a decision that was like, seemed like there was any room for negotiation at that point. Like I hadn't asked for any pain medicine. I had asked for, they did give me something for one of the cervical exams. Remember my Mm. IV and I kind of like melted. Yeah. I don't know if I would do that again, honestly. Like, I don't know. I was really desperate for help. So we did get an epidural. Mm-hmm. You were on board. Totally. By that point, I think you were like, nah, yeah, something needs to change. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do. I feel like, I don't know. I don't want to speak for and, you. But. Well, yeah. I mean, and just the, the potential for you to rest. Yeah. It was, was like, so, huge. and you rest. Yeah. So they came in with this big old needle. I didn't see anything of it. Adam's like, hold, I'm like hunched over arching my back. Well, and you're still going through oh, contractions yeah. at this point. Like while the anesthesiologist is, you know, trying to get this huge needle and in be your totally spine. still. And I'm yeah. like leaning onto you and we're like, okay, ready? Go. Like now's the time. <laughs> that guy was yeah, like a, like jock fighter pilot type where like, yeah, he came in. Okay. So you maybe did this in the birth story, yeah. but like, I didn't talk about him much blows, not blows, but like does the first epidural and it just doesn't take like, <laughs> it just doesn't work. And 
you know, it's like an hour later after he's done it where yeah. you're like, no, I can still feel like everything. everything. Yeah. And he comes back in. He was like, well, you never really know with these things. Like you just kind of stick the needle in and like, who knows where, where it goes. Go? It's like, I was like, are you what? kidding me? Like yeah. that's the level of confidence that you have in your occupation. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we already talked. I don't want to spend too much time yeah. on that because we already talked about it, but it was, it was bonkers. And Adam was like, well, I'm sitting like back behind you, like doing the, the hip pressure while he's in the, middle of contractions trying to get the needle I in and, i remember like leaning on you yeah, yeah um yeah. but it was i mean another another moment that really stands out is like us having to be like on the same page and like yeah. having to like me play in that instance an actual physical sport role as well as yeah like, like, i was like leaning on you entirely yeah and emotional so we get the second epidural we both fall asleep mm-hmm they come back in and wake me up and they're like, we got to talk to you. Like it's not going well, basically. Yeah. Um, cause he had some and you were like, Yeah. He, his heart rate was decelerating and things had gotten scary and we didn't really talk about this in this episode, but things were getting scary on and off the whole time. Like baby's not tolerating it. Well, can't find baby's heart rate, but my blood pressure is still high. So there, there's this high level of like, things aren't, totally going well and we were like maybe if my body rests he'll be better turns out when they turned the pitocin up when i couldn't feel it anymore bridger was not doing that well so adam's sleeping and i was like, kind of like adam and i woke him up and i was like tell him what you just told me and they basically were like we're gonna break your water i already talked about all this but it led us to we i don't remember the words but like he's not coming out this way yeah. He's not coming out your vagina. That's what they basically said. So I was like, so, and we need to get him out. And I was like, well, how are we going to get him out? <laughs> like, I didn't like get what she was saying. Yeah. We'd have to have an emergency C-section. And how did you feel about that? Do you remember like when she said that or what she said? And yeah, I was terrified. Um, I think I was like crying. Yeah. I think I was just like, but get him out, from, do what you have to do. Like, from that moment. It was so scary. On, it was just like a whirlwind of activity. Like they, yeah. they were like, we, we basically have to. Like, let's it go wasn't, right now. Yeah, it wasn't an no. option for us really. It was let's just, just like, wait, let's you wait have it out. To, yeah. You have to come to grips with the fact that we need to do this emergency. Yeah, she's like, I already talked to the obstetrician. She's ready. We're, like, we just need you to sign the paper. Yeah. Basically. And there was no, yeah, there was no options given then. It was like, no. we need to get this baby out now because he's not doing well. And like, they were watching him while I was sleep, like resting. Yeah. Um, and they had gotten to the point they had already discussed that, oh, and they checked his position. So they broke my water. Like maybe that'll get better. It didn't make it better. And then they, she like felt his ear. It was yeah. like, oh my God, he's not head down. He's the head sideways and crooked. Yeah. And basically stuck, which yeah. is probably why his heart rates yeah. all over the place. Cause he's like and getting crushed face. into yeah. You got your scrubs on. I got ready for surgery. I l- just remember being like, oh my God, this is happening. Like, I know I had asked her one electively, but like that was under very different circumstances. That was yeah. me hitting my end. This was like Bridger hitting his end yeah. of th- whatever we were doing in the hospital. The only, the only thing that allowed me to feel safe in that moment was that the alternative was no longer safe. It was just relative that this was the, the only safe route for us. Yeah. And that was really scary. Obviously if you can't tell <laughs> to, to go from like baby's 
oh, you're progressing. It's going to be fine. Like, this is going to all help make things better and you're going to rest. And then we'll have the baby in the morning. No, we're going to the operating room right now. At 3 a.m. Maybe they came in. It was 3 when they told us that. Bridger was born at like 4.13. So we got into the LR like just after 3.30 in the morning on Sunday. His birthday. Um, I remember you were like, maybe I'll look. Yeah, so they gave me the option to have uh, like a, a window basically in the protective screen between Nat's belly and us. My head. Yeah. Because it was like draped on my chest. Right. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch. And you're like, no. Yeah, I was I like, no, you. I'm so scared. I need you, right? Yeah. And so I was just by your head holding Which both your hands is one of the things you should look into and like if we were to be in this situation again and i know it was going to be fine i might have been like i want to watch him be born which yeah. i i didn't understand i thought you were going to be back there with the surgeon like oh. watching them cut me open i didn't know what that meant and i didn't i was just like let's get no let's get him out as quick as like yeah. i don't want any i don't so I didn't, this is where, what we were talking about earlier is like, know your options. Like mm-hmm. you can have a clear drape so you can see the baby being pulled out of you. You can be given him right away. You can do delayed cord clipping. All the things that we had on our birth plan, I didn't know that those were still options for a C-section. I just yeah. was like, and because it was an emergency one, I'm like, do your normal process, hand me the baby right. and let's hope this all goes well. All of those things that were just kind of standard procedure at the birth center that we yeah. We didn't think about the ways that we could still have those aspects in what we're now going through. And I really regret, those are some of my regrets. I was handed a cleanly wrapped baby. So let's go back. We're laying on the table. I'm like squeezing your hand and I'm like, Adam, 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 like being awake for this is so bizarre. And I could still feel them like pinching. And I was like telling the anesthesiologist to like give me more drugs and I'm like squeezing I'm like what am I supposed to be thinking about right now like I'm laying my arms are strapped down at this table like it was so scary and if you hadn't been there like you were like right by my face like talking to me like telling me it's gonna be okay we're gonna have our baby your son to hold yeah and that was a really important scary thing to go through together and I think part of what like bonded us after all this process is like we went through like trauma together. Yeah. We almost had a trauma bond and then we had a bringing the baby into the world bond and six days in a hospital, just us. No one else was allowed. Which was tough and like rewarding in a sense that Mm -hmm. not just the fact that it was like really just the two of us kind of in the trenches, but the fact that, you know, in the, the couple of days of recovery afterwards, it was us Just in there. Us. And like, yeah. I mean, amazing amount of love and support from both of our families through from that. Far, yeah. But it was just us in that room and our baby. Mm-hmm. And it was a really unique chance that we didn't ask for and no one ever would to be isolated, mm-hmm. but to, to be able to form that nuclear family bond in a really powerful way yeah i think that was like one of the only (laughs) no we had a healthy baby okay he came out i was okay my blood pressure pressure did not stabilize for at least a week after he was born so they're still worried about me which was hard and scary whatever bridger was totally fine i mean he came out super super bruised from his positioning the midwife had said he she'd only ever seen this once other time in 12 years 
Yeah. I don't know if she's telling the truth. The other one said one in six years that she's seen besides us. So it was super, super rare. All the positioning things apparently just didn't work. Bridger had his own plan. And a lot of people said that to me, like, Bridger will have his own plan for this. Like, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Your hypertension wasn't caused by your stress. Like, I was actually very relaxed going into this. Yeah. Um, just circumstances. My body was basically not accepting my placenta, and that was causing hypertension in my body. So we came out relatively good. Like, we did. Like, we, we had a healthy child. I survived this whole process. He survived. And then we had to navigate the first three days where I couldn't get out of bed. So not only did Adam become my support, like, Bridger would cry and I'd be like, if you were not awake, which most of the time you were, because you don't, you literally don't sleep. You get interrupted every hour on the hour. Um, I couldn't get out of bed, which was a a side effect of a C-section that I never considered. You had to pick him up out of the bassinet for at least the first, like, I literally could not get, I I had to like raise my hospital bed all the way up, use my arms to like Mm -hmm. pick up my legs and throw them over and... Yeah, so you have all these like maternal hormones and instincts going that like you need and to like, yeah. care for this baby and like and your body to him and I couldn't. It's like heartbreaking. It. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't get up. I couldn't hold him. I couldn't nurse him well because his face was so swollen and you were there for every part of that and you would grab him and you would do skin to skin with him and like help me walk to the bathroom, help me get out of bed, help me eat, order me. Like there was, it didn't end. My point is the baby was born, labor finished. That was most of our focus. C-section or not, the role of the support person does not stop. No. It continues. When he failed his first hearing test and I cried to you, you were there being like, it'll be okay. Like, you know that we got this together. Like as long as we've got this, Bridger will be fine. Yeah. (laughs) It was so true. Yeah. I mean, I think the, again, the thing that kept me going was just knowing that there was nothing that we couldn't take on together. Like, even if something, hold on one sec. Love this truck. I don't want to miss that. Go ahead. Just, yeah. I mean, any, anything that, could arise as tragic as things could possibly get. Like I, I have utter confidence in our ability to help each other get through it. And I, I know that for Bridger's sake, we needed to be solid and like any, any moment of failing to keep a clear mind and keep a, focus on the long-term health of each other in our family was going to bring undue pain. And we had some really raw moments in the hospital, really honestly special bonding moments together. I had baby blues, which is super normal. I had night sweats. I had all these like reactions to healing, to my body going from being pregnant to not pregnant baby blues is basically just a huge emotional surge and like you tend to cry and you can feel really sad for the loss of your life before baby maybe is maybe why they call it baby blues or whatever or just intense joy and like 
I remember the one night, I think your parents dropped off sushi and we're mm-hmm. sitting on the bed. I'm like bed all the way turned up so I can like sit and Bridger's like sleeping, which was not something he did a lot of in those no. early days. And I just cried to you and was just like, I don't even remember what we said, but it was so raw. We were both crying. I think like, yeah. what did we just go through? And like, we have this baby and he's healthy and I am healthy and like, I mean, but I'm in so much pain. Like it was so much, mm. it was so much. And we had each other and we were... We're with it, like you literally didn't leave my side for six days in the hospital, and there's no one else to be there. Um, it was incredibly powerful for us to go through all that and figure out nursing. And fa- well, I was figuring out nursing, you were helping me with like the bottle, and like you would feed him my colostrum in a uh-huh. syringe, you're feeding Bridger that. And we had to talk with like the OT people for his torticollis from his positioning. His head was stuck. Mm-hmm. Remember, he only turned it to like one side. We had to talk to the pediatrician. We'd, we had we had all these like we just got thrown into it so intensely. And there were so many there were so many things that came up that we had to navigate together. Like between the lactation consultants, his latch wasn't good, his yeah. head, his hearing test, like everything we had to just take together. I don't know. So yeah. many fails. It's so blurry too. It's so blurry now. Yeah. And the, I think like the fact that we were there for three days after, after he was born. Yeah. Those days totally just blur together. Yeah. I remember eating a lot of like green smoothies uh-huh. and omelets with, with veggies. That was like all I could yeah. get. I actually ordered my first salad that I enjoyed. That's right. I hated vegetables the whole brain. Anyway. So Pack your bags <laughs> for a long time. Adam, actually, you did run home. Your mom dropped off some stuff. That's right. And then, because they were visiting, um, and then you drove home. I forget what you got. You got more stuff that we forgot. Like my camera, you got like your charger. You yeah. couldn't find. Your mom couldn't find. You got like another pillow. And anyway. Yeah, I think what what stands out from the labor process is just like trust like trusting one another to to be there not not only for like what you you need in that moment but like what you just need in the big picture and like knowing that we each have each other's best interests at heart always it makes that trust really easy um and and it did feel like us against the world. And it's not like, you know, the nurses or midwives were like out to get us or anything. No, and the nurses like, were actually really great for yeah, us. They were awesome. Yeah. But it was just it was on us to like navigate protect our family and like navigate each step together. Yeah. And it continued when we went home. You still had to get Bridger out of the bassinet for me. I was couldn't even sleep in Um, and it it was, it it also was a little bit of a strain on us. Like we didn't sleep in the same room for like three months, four months until he started sleeping. Yeah. Um, it, I think this whole process will really, really test your relationship and it's not going to be perfect. Like we did not have a, like we, I don't think we argued a ton, but like it was straining on us. Like we felt like we had lost our relationship in this part. I felt we had lost a connection it became, okay, you hold baby, I'm going to shower. You do this, I'll do that. And like, we divided yeah. everything up so well, but like that meant we didn't get a lot of time together 
to process this. Like, I honestly feel like I'm processing this now as we're talking about it. Like yeah. again, and like, I'm kind of healing from what we went through and I can't believe Bridger's still sleeping. Yeah, like I'm crazy. actually like, I hear him. Yeah. He's chatting. I'll turn him up. He can make his first appearance. Um, so again, I cried so much this first week, just saying like, I could not have done this without you. And I couldn't have done any of the last, let me turn this down. Um, 10 months. There's no chance I could have done this baby, <laughs> this baby growing, <laughs> birthing, healing, parenting without you. And it's been hard sometimes Yeah. to navigate. Totally. I think the, the thread that runs through so much of, I think probably any successful partnership, but definitely any partnership making it through something as challenging as labor and birth and raising a little baby is like communicating yeah, and being able to tell each other like what, what we need and to be able to receive the, the gifts that each other is capable of giving. Like, I think it's such a dynamic problem. Like you don't, you don't figure out how to show up for each other once and then just keep doing it. It's like every day through labor, through delivery, delivery through, through postpartum, postpartum recovery. and raising a kid. It's like, yeah. And I'll say from, from my perspective, it, it is so easy to show up for you when I see how you show up for him. Like you put everything into giving him what he needs and it makes it so easy for me to do whatever I can to show up in the background, basically to like, you know, keep, keep you fed yeah, <laughs> when you're so I busy feeding it. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's been the joy of my life to be your partner through this. Me too. And we have this most amazing baby. We should probably go get him, right? Yeah. He's starting to move. Okay. All right. I love you, babe. I love you too. Thank you.